what a year. How many of you have had like quite a year? You look back and you're like, what a year. I mean, here we are. We're almost in December. Did anybody think that 2020 was going to be what it has been for us? Did anybody anticipate it being so hard with so many challenges and, and, and hardships that we've had to, to face? I don't know if any of us really would have anticipated this year was going to carry what it did. But w- one of the things that happened in 2020 is I think we, we learned a lot about people. As you start spending more time with your family, maybe you start learning some things about your spouse or your kids. Uh, you learn time, things about your friends and family. Maybe you go on social media and you learn a lot about what people say on social media. You learn a lot about people during this time. In fact, I'll share something I learned. I have five kids. But as I have spent more time at home with my kids over the past several months, I found out I actually have another kid. I have a sixth child. Let me, t- now let me tell you, this is how it works out. I have never seen him, but I know him by name. His name is not me. Anybody have a not me in your house? Like, literally, this guy does stuff all throughout the house. Like, like I walk in and I'm like, hey, who forgot to do the dishes? Not me. Not me. Not me. Man, who, who peed on the toilet seat and left it there? Not me. Not me. Who, who left the bag of cheeses out? Not me. Man, if I ever catch that kid, I'm going to, he's going to be in timeout for a long time. That's what's going to happen to him. And if you have a not me at your house, like, wow, crazy, I know. Another, another thing I learned this year, I learned that there's a lot of, of Karens out there, right? Do you know what I mean by, by a Karen? Now listen, listen, generations, you all have your thing. Like, like the generation before me, like maybe it was like gnarly or groovy. Like I don't know, I don't know what you guys said back then. Uh, in my day, like when I was a kid, it was like psych. You know, that was our thing. Now the kids these days, uh, they have a term called Karen. Listen, if your name is Karen, I just want to apologize right now, okay? A a Karen is a person who complains a lot. They're a person who thinks they have it all figured out, and so they have a lot of complaints because things don't go the way that they see them. Listen, in this season of life, man, we got a lot of things to complain about, don't we? complain about our parents, complain about our spouse, complain about our boss. We complain about the weather. It's too hot, it's too cold, it's too rainy, whatever it happens to be. But then you throw this whole election thing on top of it, there's a lot more complaints. Did you hear what Biden did? Did you hear what Trump did? And then, of course, you've got the pandemic. And there's all sorts of complaints from everybody. Why why aren't you people wearing a mask? You're supposed to wear a mask. Well, why do we have to wear masks? It's a hoax anyways. Complaints. Complaints. I can't believe they're shutting everything down again. Don't they care about the economy? I can't believe people aren't quarantining at home. Don't they know the virus is spreading? Complaints. Complaints. We have become a lot of Karens in our day and age. And this year, we just complain about this and that. And it just becomes a, you, you have a conversation with anybody about what's going on, and chances are there's going to be a complaint about something. We've just become a a culture of complainers. Today, we're going to take a little pivot from where we've been. We've been studying the book of Malachi for the past couple of weeks, and uh, last week, I decided it was going to be the last week in Malachi. 
Uh, next week, I'm excited. We're going to look at a series that we're calling The Gift, uh, our Christmas series. We're going to look at the three gifts that the wise men, the magi, brought to Jesus in the Christmas story. But today, as we have just come through Thanksgiving, and as we're preparing to enter December, as we're preparing to celebrate the birth of, of Christ, I thought it was an appropriate time for us to talk about the pandemic. Not the pandemic of COVID, but the pandemic of complaining. Because I think this pandemic has spread farther than the pandemic of COVID. And we're going to find there's a simple solution to the pandemic of complaining. The solution is gratitude. So today, uh, the text that Hudson read for us comes out of the book of Philippians. Philippians is probably my favorite book of the Bible. And for us to understand what we just read in Philippians, we need to understand the context. The Apostle Paul is a guy who wrote a third of the New Testament, and he wrote the book of Philippians. And if anybody had a right to be a Karen, it was, it was Paul. Paul is writing this book in prison. He's in prison. He's locked up. You could imagine, he probably had a few things to complain about. He wasn't even in prison for a good reason. It's not like he did something shady. No, he just talked about Jesus, and they put him in prison. And so you hear... You hear some similarities between the Apostle Paul and maybe the way that some of us feel in our day and age. Paul couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't go and, and see the people that he loved. Paul was unsure of the future. He did not know what tomorrow was going to bring. Doesn't that kind of describe many of us in the way that we feel right now? But in the middle of that, in the middle of those hard circumstances, Paul is going to teach us that gratitude is the gateway for us to experience peace. See, what we're complaining about when we complain when we're caring is we're complaining about the lack of peace. We think we know what brings peace. This is what peace is. And so we complain because we don't have it. But Paul's going to teach us that gratitude is actually what leads us to peace. Peace is not just our circumstances being right, because our circumstances are out of our control. Peace comes when we learn how to have an attitude of gratitude in our life. So that's the background. Let's jump into our text today. Philippians chapter 4 starts in verse 4, and Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. And I love this because here's Paul. He's in a difficult circumstance. He's got a hard season of life. It's been the year 2020 for him. It's been a challenging year. In the middle of that, he says, rejoice. Now for me, I always read this and I want to pause and be like, all right, Paul, I have all this bad stuff happening around me. I've got all this difficult, difficult stuff. I've got relational problems. I've got COVID. I've got whatever else. How am I supposed to rejoice in the middle of that? And for us to understand how we rejoice in the middle of the difficulty is you've got to understand that word for rejoice. The word in the original language is a word called hiero, which comes from the word charis. If you know anything about the Greek, charis simply means grace. It simply means the grace of God. It means undeserved favor. And so Paul, in the middle of these difficult circumstances, he's giving us this beautiful word picture. He's saying your, your circumstances do not dictate whether or not you have the ability to rejoice. Because our ability to rejoice is above and beyond our circumstances. It's greater than our circumstances. Our ability to rejoice is centered on the grace of God in our lives. God's unmerited favor. 
And that is what causes us the ability to rejoice. And here's what, again, he says, again, I say rejoice. Verse 5, he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And I love that idea, the Lord is at hand. It is so important for us to remember that simple idea, the Lord is at hand, because we get through a difficult season. We go through the year 2020, and we kind of lose sight of the fact that God is, is near, that God is present. Maybe some of us right now need to be just reminded with that simple truth, the Lord is at hand. God is near. Whether you are in prison, whether you're in quarantine, whether you're dealing with a pandemic, whether you have a difficult relationship or financial problems, you need to hear this today. God is not gone. God is not absent. He is close at hand. He is present. He is near today. He says, the Lord is at hand. Verse 6, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Now, I'll be honest. I hear that instruction. Do not be anxious about anything. That is hard to do. That is a hard thing to do. Anxiety seems to, or everything in our world seems to fuel our anxiety. In fact, again, I'm going to geek out today, look at a few of these words. That word anxious, when you look at the original language, it means to be, uh, it means to be beyond worried or concerned. It actually means to be pulled apart in many directions, right? That's what it means. It means pulled apart in many directions. Can't you picture what that looks like? When you're going through life and you're feeling this anxiety, it's like your heart is pulled in all these different directions and you don't know what to do. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what action to take because your heart is pulled in all these different directions. There's no clarity. There's no wholeness. It's like your heart is spread thin on all these things around you. You can't get a grip on all of it. In fact, just this past week, I had the chance to talk to uh, a friend. And she said, this has been a hard season for me. I'm lacking this idea of, of wholeness. Because ultimately, what she's trying to communicate is her heart was being pulled in all these different directions. She couldn't find that wholeness, that peace that she longed for. And she's like, if I'm being honest, this season of life, man, it stinks. It's not fun. I don't like this. That's what happens when we have that anxiety when we're pulled in all these different directions. And what Paul just said to us, again, Paul's writing to us in the middle of 2020, middle of a challenging year. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And here's the key, with thanksgiving. Verse, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. In the middle of that difficult season, maybe when we find ourselves anxious because of what's happening in our world, in our life, Paul says in prayer and supplication, go and complain to anybody who's going to listen. Paul said when you're stressed and overwhelmed, talk about all the problems you're facing on social media so everybody knows how you feel about it. Paul says, just be a Karen. No, that's not what Paul says. Paul doesn't say, find someone else to blame. Paul says, take your request to God. And the key, the key is to take your request to God with thanksgiving. Again, we look at our circumstances. We might not, we might not find a lot of things for us to be thankful about. I mean, here we are in COVID, the pandemic, the, all these things we're facing, relational problems, whatever it happens to be. And you wonder, well, well, how am I supposed to have an attitude of gratitude? How am I supposed to give thanksgiving and rejoice when I don't have anything to rejoice about? And again, 
Paul is very intentional with the words he uses. He gives us another word picture here. Because in the original language, that word thanksgiving is actually this Greek word called eucharista. And if you look in the middle of that word eucharista, do you see that word charis? Do you see charis once again? God is saying through Paul to us that despite how hard things can be in our life, we can always have a reason to rejoice. And how do we rejoice? We rejoice with thanksgiving. And where does our thanksgiving come from? It's deeper and greater and beyond our circumstances. It simply comes through the grace of God in our lives. The grace of God through our salvation in Him. And for those of us today, listen, we have the ability to rejoice. We have the ability to be, to be thankful, to stop complaining. Not because our circumstances are better, but because we've experienced the grace of God. Because the grace of God has been made available to us through Jesus Christ. Which means we, not, we may not be out of quarantine. We may not be out of COVID. Our circumstances may not get better. But we still have a reason to rejoice and to be thankful. Because we're freed from the bondage of sin. We can be returned back to a right relationship with God. Because of the grace of Jesus Christ. This is what gives us the ability to rejoice and to be thankful. The fact that we've experienced the grace of God in our lives. In fact, look what he says. Verse 7, he says, well, verse 6, he says, With thanksgiving, make requests known to God. And verse 7, Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, doesn't that sound good about right now? How many of you would love to experience the peace of God right now? See, one more, one more word picture for us. That word peace, what it means in the original language is to be made whole, to be made complete, which sounds like the exact opposite of being anxious, right? To be anxious is to, have, is to have a heart pulled apart in many different directions. And God just said, listen, if we would rejoice and if we would present a request to God with thanksgiving, that we would have the peace, which means we'd be made whole. We'd be made complete. The opposite of anxious. The exact opposite. That when we rejoice with thanksgiving, make a request known to God, that the gift of God is his peace. The ability to make us whole. Let's just be honest. We all love the idea of peace. And most of us, the reason we complain is we think we know what peace is. Peace is when my circumstances change. Peace is when my finances work out. Peace is when my business is successful. Peace is when my kids don't drive me crazy anymore. Peace is when I find out who that not me kid is and I can discipline him. Peace is when COVID is cleared up. That's not what peace is. Because Paul says you don't get verse 7, you don't get peace without doing verse 6. Paul said you want peace, you want peace, peace comes from being anxious about, not being anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication to make our requests known to God with thanksgiving. That if we want peace, it comes from the attitude of gratitude of us making our requests known to God. And if we do that, then his peace that surpasses all understanding because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, because his ways are higher than our ways, that peace will guard our hearts 
in minds in Christ Jesus. That is a peace of God. Regardless of our circumstances, we can experience this wholeness, this assurance that God is in control, that God's got us, that God is, is alive and active. In fact, let me illustrate this in a really cheesy way. I saw this bumper sticker. Maybe you've got this bumper sticker. I'm not judging you if you do. But there's a cheesy bumper sticker, and it says this. It says, no Jesus, no peace. And then it says, no Jesus, no peace. You guys see what we did there? See, see what we did there? I'm going to give you a second for those of you still trying to like process through. Okay, see, it works. It works. Is it cheesy? Absolutely. Is it true? 100%. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. To know him is to know peace. Regardless of what's happening in the world around you. When you, are, when you have that relationship with him, you have the ability to know peace. Again, for us to experience peace, I want to come back to this idea that Paul's trying to say. Is gratitude is the gateway to us experiencing peace. You want peace in your life? You want peace right now in the middle of the hardship? Just like Paul in the middle of prison? It comes from gratitude. And where's that gratitude come from? From our circumstances? When I'm healthy and wealthy and happy? Is that when I can be gracious and thankful to God? No. Gratitude comes from understanding that we've been given what we don't deserve. God's charis, His grace his unmerited favor has been extended to us. And when we choose to live our life out of that, out of the grace of God in our lives, that's when our heart can be uh, thankful. That's when we find gratitude in our heart. And that's when we experience this incredible peace. As Jesus said, Jesus said this, Jesus said, uh, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. So by nature of that, if your heart is full of gratitude, guess what? Your mouth will start complaining a little bit less. If your heart is full of gratitude, pretty soon your conversations are going to be centered around the gratitude that you have, the thankfulness you have. And it begins to squelch that negativity. It begins to silence that complaining. We're no longer we known as being a Karen, but pretty soon we're known as, as people of peace people that are different than the world around us. That's where gratitude is the gateway for us to experience peace. Then we come to this practical side of it. Okay, that's what Paul says. Well, how do we do that? How do we, how do we grow in our gratitude? Like, I get this. I want to be more gracious. I want to have an attitude of gratitude. How do I do that? Let me give you a couple pointers. Number one, you've got to become aware of how much complaining you're actually doing. Just just look at your conversations and take an honest assessment and evaluation of where your heart truly is. Look, I'll just be honest, for me, this has been a hard season to be a leader. I find myself, because of all that's happening in the world, the division, the disunity, all these different things, I find myself a little bit jaded. I find myself a little bit jaded. I'm quick to find faults in others. I'm quick to assume the worst when somebody else says something. I'm quick to point out their hypocrisy. And you know, I just find my heart not really full of peace and joy, but jilted and jaded and a little negative. Again, if we're going to be honest, we are called, my job, our, all of us, we are called to love 
other people, especially other believers in Christ. But let's just be honest, how many of us are jilted and jaded towards one another? Well, you view things differently than I do, so I'm a little jaded towards you. I'm a little negative towards you. I have a negative opinion of the way that you view these things. Listen, 1 Corinthians 13 says, if we're called to love one another, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us how we're supposed to love one another. Does this describe you in this season? It says, love never gives up. Love cares more about others than they care about themselves. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not arrogant, thinking they have the right answer and the right solution. Love is not rude. Love does not have a me-first attitude. Love do not, does not keep score of the sins of others. You know what that means? Love does not keep score of the hypocrisy of other people. Love bears all things, which means love puts up with all things. Love believes the best in others. Loves, love hopes the best in others. Love endures all things. Let's just take a little evaluation. Man, is our heart a little bit jaded right now? Has our heart become full of complaint? And negativity because of what's happening in our world around us. That first step for us to, to have an attitude of gratitude is just to be honest with, with where we are. We all seem to suffer from this pandemic of, 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 of complaining, becoming a little bit too much of a Karen in this season. Number two, to grow in the attitude of gratitude is we have to make a choice. Have to make a choice to express our gratitude. See, I would say gratitude is a choice, and we have to actually make a choice to pursue it, to think about it, to make it happen. Which means when you begin to catch yourself complaining, you have to make a choice. When I catch myself complaining, I'm immediately going to say something I'm thankful for. So when I find myself complaining about COVID, immediately I'm going to stop and say, man, what is something I can be thankful for right now? And verbalize that. You have to discipline yourself. To make that choice. Another thing you can do to, to, to choose to express gratitude is to, to create a, a gratitude journal. In fact, I would just share this. My wife, a number of years ago, was going through a, a hard season. Anxiety was just uh, high, and she's just struggling through that season. And, and the Lord was, was incredibly gracious uh, to her through that. It was a hard season, but the Lord was gracious. But one of the habits of grace that my wife began in that season of, of high anxiety was she developed a, a gratitude journal where she would just, on a regular basis, pull out this journal and begin to journal the things that she's great, great, gracious for, thankful for. Simple things. Simple things like the warmth of the sun on a, on a cold day. Simple things like coffee in the morning. And it kind of forced her to begin to, to think about the things that she's thankful for. Despite the circumstances, feeling uh, my heart's being pulled apart in many different directions, it forced her to begin to choose gratitude and find the things that she is thankful for. Maybe for you, maybe that's what it looks like for you, a gratitude journal. The gra that, that gratitude might begin to lead you out of some anxiety, out of some negativity, out of some complaining, and maybe out of some bitterness. Listen, if you're going to grow in your gratitude, number one, become aware of your complaining. Number two, make a choice to express your gratitude. Number three, keep a souvenir of the past times that God has answered your prayers. 
And isn't this maybe one of the greatest ways for us to remember to express gratitude? This is something we see throughout the Bible. In Joshua chapter 4, God had led God's people, the Israelites, uh, across the Jordan River. And as he leads them across the river, he instructs them to take 12 stones and build a memorial to remind them of how God had miraculously led them across that river. The stones were a memorial that every time they saw them, they'd remember to be thankful to God, to express their gratitude towards him, to worship him, to praise him. So this is one of the best things that we can do is begin to keep mementos of God's blessing, of God, uh, how he has moved in our life. Maybe for you, maybe you keep the baby outfit that your baby wore when they came home from the hospital when they were sick. Maybe for you, maybe you've got a pen or a coffee mug uh, from the company to remind you of how God provided you a job when you needed one. Maybe for you, you've got a picture that's just a special picture that reminds you of that special relationship. Mementos that you could look back and say, man, look what God has done for me. And every time I see that memento, it's a reminder. In fact, for me, it's dumb. It's a, it's a dumb little thing. But I remember years ago, I was going through this hard time at work and in life and just struggling. And a friend of mine had gone over to, to Israel. He went over to Israel to see the Holy Land. And he brought me back, he brought me back this little cross that's about this big. I should have brought it with me and I forgot it. It was a little cross made out of, of olive oil out of the wood from an olive tree. And it just became this simple reminder taken from Israel of the cross, of the grace that God had extended to me on the cross. It was a memento. It reminded me of God's charis in my life, of God's grace. It's dumb, but we need these reminders of the simple things that God has done to extend his grace to us. Number four, you want to grow in your gratitude? Do something for someone else. This is where we've got to begin to shift the focus off of ourselves and onto someone else. Because when we do that, it widens our perspective. It helps us to, to grow in our gratitude. We begin to pay attention to other people, which breaks us out of these negative thoughts when we're focused about ourselves and my circumstances and what I like and what I don't like. We've got to get in that habit of beginning to, to serve other people and put other people first. In fact, as Christmas season is upon us, man, this is a great time for us to take the focus off of ourselves onto other people. We think about the loving Christmas party. What a simple way for us to say, in this Christmas season, man, I'm going to take the focus off of me and go and serve at Love, Inc. Go in and provide some gifts for the families they're working with. Do some of these practical things to take the focus off of me and watch what God does through that. Watch how God works. It's incredible for us to be a part of something positive as God's love flows through us and into other people. Last thing, if you're going to grow in your gratitude, you've got to begin to focus your minds on the things of God. You've got to focus your mind on the things of God. In fact, let's go back to our text. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Verse 8, Paul says, finally. Now that's the reason to rejoice, because when you see the word finally, which means he's about to be done, which means we're about to be done. So some of you can be gracious for that. Paul says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, 
if there is any excellence, if anything is worthy of praise, think about these things. Let me illustrate this for you. I got a glass of water here today. And let's just say this glass of water is you in the beginning of the year. Things are going good for you. You feel like your relationship is in a good spot. Your business is going well. The kids, they're in school, praise God. They're going to school. You've got all these good things happening for you. You begin the year and you're like, man, look at all these wonderful things we're going to do in 2020. All these places we're going to go. All these wonderful things. But this year turned out a little bit different, right? Maybe something happened. The pandemic hit, right? Maybe, maybe we're a little bit concerned because what if we get sick? Well, we've got a family member, and maybe they're immunocompromised, and so that makes us a little bit more concerned. The kids are not in school anymore. They're home. Put, put a bunch in there for that, right? There we go. Then we begin to, to worry about, well, what's going to happen in the economy? And then we begin to think maybe beyond just COVID, maybe, maybe we begin to think about, well, our finances. They were struggling heading into the season, and now they're a little bit worse. Then we begin to think, well, what about the relationship struggles? We know there's been issues in this relationship, and that's not very good. Well, then, you know, the Seahawks, they lost a couple games, and that's not good. And all these things are happening, and pretty soon this becomes us. And what was good doesn't no longer look so great. It looks a little blue, dare I say, to be a little bit corny. And we're beginning to feel pulled apart, anxious. Our heart is pulled in many different directions. And we begin to complain. But remember what Jesus just said through Paul. Paul said there's a better way. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And in that, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. So remember, Paul just said the cure for us, the cure for our complaining is a nice picture of gratitude. It's this nice picture of gratitude. Things that are true, things that are honorable, things that are lovely, things that are worthy, we think about those things. And here's, here's what it looks like. So here's our picture of gratitude. We just begin to, maybe we create a, gratitude journal this week maybe we we'll go on social media and say oh man look i've got so much to be thankful for and then we stop we're like oh we get to thursday and we forget about it or something else happens and we're like oh i'm done and we look at ourselves now and we're like well that doesn't look that great it doesn't look that great is that what many of us do we start out something oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make this great we do it for a couple days and it dies off that's not the way it works it's got to be a grind. We've got we to just keep going. And so here's, here's what we do. Scripture says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, we think about these things. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we make our requests known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. You see what we have here? This is the picture for us. 
when we focus our minds on the things of God, it chases out the, the anxiety, it chases out the, the issues. When we live in this attitude of gratitude and we focus on the things of God, that as the enemy tries to take hold of our heart and take us captive through our thoughts and our fear and our anxiety and our worry, the things of God and gratitude replace the fear and anxiety and allow God to experience and give us peace. So if we want to experience that today, it doesn't come from our circumstances getting better. It comes from us leaning into God. It comes from us recognizing the grace He's given in our lives. Would you pray with me?